As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Hey, guys, this is Joelle. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to ask for your support. Over the past year, we've worked our butts off bringing you two awesome episodes a week with incredible entrepreneurs that are running some of the best startups in the world. And we'd love to keep doing this for you in 2015, but we need your help. If you go to rocketship.fm forward slash 2015, we've put together some awesome gifts for you guys. We have a really beautiful hardcover book that is filled with some of our favorite quotes and photos of our guests from the past year. We have posters with quotes so you can deck out your office with inspirational quotes from the founders we've interviewed and motivate your team. And we have a really cool t-shirt that Michael designed too. We're only going to be offering this once and we're only going to bug you until the end of December. So please, please go to rocketship.fm forward slash 2015 right now and do your bit to support the Rocketship moving forward in 2015. 
All right, enough of that. Let's get on with today's episode. It's a great one. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. This is Michael Saka. And I'm Matt Goldman. Today we talked with Josh Braun, the VP of Business Development at Jelly Vision. What'd you think of this one, Michael? You know, his tips on getting over selling were one of the, I guess, highlights of this episode. So as you're listening, definitely listen for when he talks about getting into the mindset of being a good salesman, which is really being a good servant. I don't know. What did you think, Matt? Yeah, it comes down to treating people like people and you know, really hearing them out about what they need instead of approaching someone, assuming that the tool that you have is going to fix their problem and starting the conversation that way because people pick up on that. So he goes through his process, which centers around treating people like people. And he also got into the tools that they use to do that, to, to find ways to cold email people, how to do the proper research to get everything right on the first go, how to do follow-ups. He covers everything. It was great. And who to contact when to get into the company, kind of finding that champion. That's something that I don't, I don't always think about when doing sales. I often look for who's, who wears the money, right? Who can mm-hmm. buy this product? But that's not always what works inside of these large organizations. So that was all, also really enlightening. Yeah, let's get into it. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to codeship.com slash rocketship to get 20% off three months. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash rocketship to start sending emails that convert. We'd also like to thank Envision app. Envision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. I can personally say I can't imagine delivering another design comp without it. Go to envisionapp.com forward slash rocket ship and sign up to get their starter plan free for 90 days. So tell us about Jelly Vision. Well, I'll, I'll start by asking you a question and test your 80s movie trivia. Do you guys remember a movie back in the 80s where Matthew Broderick skipped school for the day? Yes. Bueller, yeah. If you remember the iconic scene from that movie, Ben Stein was lecturing to the students in a very dry, monotonous way, uh, and the kids were zoning out. Um, at Jelly Vision, we call that anyone-anyone syndrome, and that's the pain we help companies solve. It turns out okay. that anyone-anyone syndrome is alive and well in companies all across America, whether they're communicating about their products and services or benefits, and we come in and explain it in more delightful ways so that people feel confident and can take the next step. What does that experience look like for the companies? How are you guys helping them communicate better? Sure. So we have an approach that we call an interactive conversation, and there's really two defining characteristics of it. One, instead of leaning back and watching like you would do a video, um, our experience is they ask you a question, and based on how you respond to that question, the content actually changes accordingly. Um, the reason that's interesting is that everybody comes to these experiences with different knowledge levels and different needs, and by asking questions, you're able to create a more compelling and relevant experience. And two is that these things are actually written to actually sound like real people that have personalities. We have roots in game development and game. We're probably best known for a game called You Don't Know Jack, which was wildly popular in the 90s. And so we're very much about creating these experiences that sound like people. So we actually have comedians that are writing these things, copywriters, people that are great storytellers. So these pieces have a personality to them that are much more delightful than traditional Um, marketing videos. Yeah. And it totally comes through. I was looking at some of the work on your website, watching these videos, and they were about topics like, you know, internal company employee healthcare. 
And I was learning a lot because I was so engaged with it and I kept clicking through and things that normally if I landed on a web page about that topic, I would bounce out, but I was totally engaged with the videos. Yay, it's working. <laughs> and and it's the the tone of it was very similar to You Don't Know Jack. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's really staying true to our roots. Everything we do is about, you know, engaging people and putting little moments of delight and having some personality and we feel that at the end of the day, people love to be entertained and love to smile and like to laugh. Do you guys have any kind of stats on before Jelly Vision and after Jelly Vision in terms of engagement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of our biggest customers is Comcast, and we've done some work with them to help their employees better understand higher deductible healthcare plans, which is a big shift that companies are trying to move employees towards. And they were never quite able to communicate the value of what those health care plans were to the employees and never saw a lot of participation in those programs. Um, we came in with an interactive conversation, which is not focused on the health care plan. It's focused on who am I talking to and what I, why does this matter to you? A completely different shift um, from the features to the benefits. And we saw an increase of 30% participation in FSA programs as opposed to before. So a really big lift there. And that's very consistent with a lot of our customers seeing double or sometimes even triple digit um, conversion growth um, based on whatever metrics they're measuring. So for a product like this, you're going after much larger companies than something like a self-serve software product online. Yeah, we're primarily dealing with Fortune 1000 companies. So what's the what's the process look like of of finding those people to talk to and then going through the sales process? Yeah, it's, it's very surgical. Uh, we are very big believers in not reaching out to people that we genuinely don't believe we can help. Um, so we do not generally, you know, will not mass blast, you know, messages. Uh, we'll go in and be much more surgical, take a look at their LinkedIn profiles, read a bit about their initiatives. Uh, we'll use a product called Gauge In, which I highly recommend uh, to monitor different news events and trigger events that are happening with companies. And when we genuinely believe that we can help somebody with one of their initiatives, uh, we will then reach out with a very personalized um, email that references that article and how we think we might be able to help. Um, genuinely, we will not speak about our products or services, um, just about what insight that we have and the idea that we have and what's in it for them. And then we'll use a, a combination of emails that'll drip out over time and the good old fashioned phone um, as well, uh, using dials and uh, voicemails, and then sometimes we'll also use direct mail. Uh, we'll send things in strange and unusual ways and packages. Um, we were trying to get uh, UPS to have a conversation with us. We sent a little UPS truck with a little funny note. So we'll do little delightful things along those lines to stand out. Um, but just like our conversations have personality, we're very big believers that our sales and marketing has that personality and warmth uh, to it as well. And are most of these reach outs like the UPS case where you're trying to get the attention of someone who you've researched to be a good fit, but don't know anyone there? Or do you leverage the past people that you've worked with to introduce you to new companies who could benefit as it's, well? It's primarily the former. Uh, primarily, we are trying to go in cold to many of these accounts. And so LinkedIn's been a really you know fantastic resource for that from uh, you know identifying who the right person you know might be. And we also have some nice copy, you know, in our emails and our outreach, uh, something along the lines of, you know, if you're not the right person, you know, would you be open to pointing me in the right direction? And a lot of times when the recipient of these emails feels like you actually are in it for them and not so self-serving, a lot of times people are very open to 
hey, you need to go, you know, talk to Bob. And in that instance, uh, then we use that referral. You know, Lisa said, you know, we should catch up about this initiative you have. Thought we might be able to help you with it. Uh, so it's very much about going in cold, being real surgical about who we're looking at, and then going in with a very personalized message. And then once we find uh, that the right person, um, you know, speaking to them. And sometimes that comes from a referral because we've spoken to two or three people that are not the right person. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now, back to the show. What are some of the concerns that these larger companies have when engaging you that you as a salesman have to kind of address? I think the stereotype of salespeople is, is the biggest okay. one. Unfortunately, salespeople have just a really negative you know, stereotype, and, and I think it's our own doing. Um, most times when, when people reach out with cold emails or cold calls, it's very much focused on the product. You've probably been a recipient of some of these cold calls. Hi, my name is Josh. I'm going to be in the area. Let me tell you about my SaaS-based solution. We've increased participation rates by X, blah, 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 blah. And so they're not really accustomed to a, an approach that's more focused on them. Um, we, we genuinely believe that we have something that can help them, and we don't assume. Um, that's another a- approach that we use. I think that the, the challenge is, is that a lot of people feel pressure because the sales reps assume that what they have is needed. We don't know. Um, we're here to discover if, in fact, there is a fit and to get to the truth. And if there isn't and if it's not a good fit and we feel we can help them in some other way, we have a very big uh, Rolodex of other partners and other people that we can oftentimes point them to. So overcoming that sales stereotype is uh, is a very big hurdle. Kind of in sales, one of the big hangups that people have is this either fear of rejection or fear of even just reaching out the first time. What are some things that you have done in your career that have helped you kind of get past that? Yeah, I think that's a it's a very 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 real fear. And I think first and foremost, you have to get in the right mindset. So I want you to forget about selling and I want you to start remembering that you're helping and that you care. And this can't be something that you fake. You have to believe very deep in your heart that what it is that you have to offer may be able to help this person. By way of example, um, if I were to approach you and I were to cold call you, Matt, and say, hey, Matt, I've been listening to your radio show for you know two months and I've got an idea that might help you be able to get you know, 20,000 more viewers over the next couple months, you'd probably be open to listening to that idea um, because I'm not being assumptive and I'm focused on a business benefit. So if you can really get in the mindset of not selling but helping, I think that's the first you know, huge thing. It's about helping, it's about caring, and it's about teaching. And if, in fact, there's a fit, the sale sort of naturally happens um, but that's not the intent. That's not the mindset. When you pick up the call and when you pick up the phone to call someone, your goal isn't to sell. Your goal is to explore and to see if you might be able to help this person. And that, that's a huge mind shift that can really start to get you um, in, a, in a much better headspace when, when picking up the phone. So by way of example, whenever I cold call someone, um, one of the first things I'll say is, um, hey, Matt, this is Josh. I was, uh, I was hoping you could help me out for a moment in a very kind of soft voice. And if you ask that question, um, you know, how would you respond? <laughs> Probably, you know, what's up? Say, hey, Matt, I was just uh, listening to your radio show, and I noticed that you guys serve this demographic, and you have this many viewers, and you talk about X, Y, and Z. Um, I've got an idea that might help you grow your uh, audience by 10,000 people over the next two months. Matt, would you be open to carving out some time at some point to explore that? 
Now, now notice what I did there, Matt, is I, I yeah. didn't talk about my solution. I genuinely think that what I have can help you grow your audience, and I want to see if you might be open to exploring it. So that's as opposed to me calling you and starting to diarrhea, have diarrhea of the mouth and start to vomit my, my product on you. Just a different approach and mindset. And you're showing that there's some level of understanding there. The, there's the two alternatives to this are you get someone reaching out on LinkedIn, usually a, a foreign development firm, in my case, saying, hey, we're this, this, and this. We can do PHP. We can do Ruby. We can do all these technologies. You should hire us. Thanks. And then the other end is similar to what you're saying, but without the understanding where they, they basically are, even if they're not mentioning the service, they're not mentioning enough for you to care, and it feels like a pitch. And you want to know enough of whether it's going to be worth your time or not. So I, that's what I see as being different in the pitch that you're going through right now. You're exactly right. It's not fully a pitch, but like I feel like you care and that there might be something here that I should be listening that's to. That's right, and that's exactly right, and that's genuine, right? Because I don't know if what I have will work for you. So I'm not ready to go into pitch mode yet. I have to go into listen mode and discovery mode and, and having a conversation with you. And so much of that is being prepared and doing your homework and demonstrating to someone that you do care and that you have done your homework and you don't have your best interest in mind. You have the potential customer's best interest in mind. What are some of the challenges that you see when selling to these big corporations? Is there like a... Do you know exactly who you're going to in the decision maker or is there kind of a dance to get there? We sell very expensive software. So that usually means there's more than one person that needs to get involved. Uh, so we'll typically start with someone that might be a champion or might be an influencer. And after establishing relationships with them, we might say something like, you know, hey, hey, Matt, in addition to yourself, um, who else is involved in the decision-making process or tell us how things get circulated in your company. And because you've built trust at that stage and they feel like you're not self-serving, they're usually very open to starting to really explain to you their process and their world. And oftentimes buyers actually need a little help navigating through their world, especially if they're new to the organization. And so by asking some questions like, hey, Matt, would it make sense if we you know, brought Michael into the next meeting? Or, hey, Matt, you know, as someone from tech, Usually there's someone in tech that needs to get involved in, in that point. Is that, you know, do you have someone at your company? Again, you're, you're almost like a consultant um, in a way. Uh, sometimes if we're in a room and there's four or five people that we're speaking with, we'll try to involve everyone in the conversation, uh, not just the person doing all the talking, a, a way to just facilitate, you know, group conversation. The idea is to be viewed as a facilitator as opposed to just a, a salesperson. Right. So how are you finding the champion, or, or I guess what kind of qualities are you looking for in that person? It's different for every business, but again, LinkedIn is just such a great resource because we can almost sense what the traits are. Uh, we can actually see in the language, we can see in the types of skills that they have. LinkedIn has a really neat little area where you see uh, the skills of the person. You can see what groups they're in. You can see how they describe themselves. We can get a pretty good sense that this is someone that might not be the decision maker, but is certainly interested or has some initiatives around some of the things we might be able to help them with. And then we have a really super interesting process uh, that I could talk to about how you actually get that person's contact information, meaning okay. yeah. first name, first name, last name, email address, company. This is a little hack that I think would be very interesting, for, especially for startups. Um, there's, a, there's a service called Elance um, or Odesk 
This is a collection of virtual workers. And you can actually pay someone, I don't know, five or $6 an hour. And you can give them search criteria on LinkedIn. You know, here's the people that I want to reach out to. So I've done that work. I've gone through the LinkedIn profiles and I've created essentially a list. And then I give that list to a virtual assistant out in the Philippines. And for literally $6 an hour, um, I have them, while I'm sleeping, generate a CV, uh, an Excel spreadsheet or a CSV file with all of the names of the people and their email addresses. And they have some tools that they use to get email addresses. There's a tool called Tufer, uh, which is T-O-O-F-R.com. Uh, there's a site called Zoom Info and Data.com. They have access to these tools that essentially try to make a best guess and verify um, email addresses. And so while I'm sleeping, the next day when I wake up, I'll have a spreadsheet of, I don't know, 500 to 600 you know, names that I could then start to reach out to via our marketing messages, uh, via email or, or cold call. Uh, we also have a solution back end that allows us to see how interested people are in our message. Uh, so we know if people are opening the link, if they're clicking the link, if they're poking around their site, and we can actually score those people higher so we know who has you know, the most interest. From a startup perspective, you might want to take a look at a tool called Tout App. That's T-O-U-T-A-P-P.com. Uh, Yesware is another one. Um, Hatchbuck.com is another one. But these are all tools that allow you to have templatized emails that you can tweak based on who you're sending it to um, very rapidly engage if the message is resonating um, so that you can actually queue and prioritize your follow-up. So outsource the list on Elance, put a little ad on there, and then once your list comes back, use uh, a program called Tout um, or Yesware to start to you know, send those messages out and, uh, and cold call. That is awesome. Yeah, thank you for that. That is something that I think everyone can do. When you're doing, so what's the, after you've, you've got your prospect and you're kind of engaging with them, what kind of cadence do you set up for that sales? Yeah, it's a great question. Side. So it, it typically takes for us, it typically takes about six to seven touches. Um, so there's a lots of different, and you don't want to follow up in, in annoying ways. So uh, one of the things that we'll do is we'll, you know, send out our, an initial email that might say something like, hey, um, I noticed you are responsible for X, Y, and Z. We've got some, some ideas um, that might be able to help you with X, Y, and Z. If you want, I can send you a quick demo so you can evaluate to see if this might make sense for you or a quick white paper or a quick ebook, some type of educational resource. Um, and then if they nibble on that, we'll start to send another email uh, that says, hey, uh, you know, might you be open to a, carving out a 15 minutes for a, a consultation where we can explore your needs to determine if this is a fit? Um, we'll mix that in with sometimes a voicemail or a cold call. But it's very, you know, five to six different touches um, over the course of a month or so. And then we have a, a what I call a breakup email at the end. Um, that's a little a little bit funny. You know, the subject line says something like, um, uh, maybe you're just not at, that into me or something like that. And then there's like A, B, C, or D. A, the timing's bad. B, yeah, we should talk. Or C, you know, Josh, I just don't like your receding hairline. And then I never do business with people with receding hairline. Something really funny. And that usually gets, you know, people a laugh. Um, some of these templates that I'm talking about and approaches it, a little bit of a shameless plug. But if you head on over to um, Sales Junkie, uh, K-I-E.com, I put some of these templates um, on that site. And they're free, um, free to download and use as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, what a great resource. So where can we keep up with you online? Yeah, sales, uh, salesjunkie.com is a site I just literally just started. 
and occasionally teach over at Starter School in Chicago uh, for entrepreneurs and startups that are looking to crank up their sales engine. Uh, sometimes we run some courses there, and I'm in the process of creating an online version of that course right now. But if you have any questions about sales, feel free to hit up salesjunkie.com and opt in to the little newsletter form and shoot me off a question anytime you want. We do like a little viewer mail segment and we'll take your question and we'll dissect it. If you have any email emails that you're thinking about sending out and you want me to take a look at them, uh, send them over to me and we'll do like a before and after. The only thing I ask is that we can publicize it. We can redact the names um, on the site so people can see the makeover. So that's a, a resource uh, that you can look at. That's we might have to take you up on that. I'm up for the challenge, <laughs> gentlemen. I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And um, we'll talk, talk to you soon. That sounds good. Thanks, guys, for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today. I'd seen the bloodlines of Antino. The shotgun shack in Tupelo. But a brick circumference left hollow. By Sherman crumbling before me, now it moan. His shape swallows my recollection. That phantom silhouette implied. Strange fruit rotting, roaming, airborne, and hotter than hell. Is this the king's last man? Spied. Well, I stood there beside my.